Hello and welcome to the Oregon Wine History Archive podcast. The Oregon Wine History Archive is located at Linfield University in McMinnville, Oregon, and is dedicated to preserving and sharing the Oregon wine story. This podcast shares these stories through oral history interviews we've conducted throughout the industry. Please enjoy today's episode. My name is Rich Schmidt. We're here with Britton Hudak, Todd Lynette, and Kate Hudak as well. We're at Hudak House in West Salem. Uh, it's June 12, 2023. Thank you all so much for joining us today. Uh, and the first question, the reason we're here, is why wine? Well, we had a, we always enjoyed wine. <laughs> <laughs> and um, really had no idea other than that. Yep. Um, we were interested in it when Bretton was at, uh, was attending U of O was when we got started, kind of the bug hit that we wanted to make our way up to Oregon full-time, and um, we started looking at different things that we'd like to do, and ended up, we kind of gravitated towards the vineyard and the and the wine business. Yeah. All right, so we're talking about life before wine a little bit, so we'll talk, we'll talk Todd and Lynette, we're going to focus on you. Uh, Todd, first with you, uh, tell us where you were born and raised, grew up, and then how the two of you met. I was born in Michigan. And um, that was one of the reasons why I kind of fell in love with Oregon, because I moved to California in 1985 and um, always kind of missed the green and the change of seasons. And so when we started thinking of where we wanted to go, um, this was kind of a perfect fit. We got it to both the best of both worlds. We had the green and the seasons and the hills, and um, so it all kind of worked. I... Um, was in real estate. I owned a brokerage down in California. I did property management and uh, real estate and had no farming or winery experience whatsoever. <laughs> and uh, basically, we raised our four kids down there and we kind of got to a point right in 2019, before the pandemic, of deciding that uh, it was time for a change. And we looked around for about eight years. Prior to that, mm-hmm. different yeah, okay. vineyards, different places, and um, this property in particular kind of sparked my interest for whatever reason. I can't really tell you, but we had uh, I had the MLS listing posted on my wall for about two years, <laughs> and it was on, off, on, off, on, off the market for many years, um, and I stared at it every day. And uh, when I brought our oldest daughter back up to school in 2019. 2018 mm-hmm. um, part of the condition was I would move her into her apartment if she would come to a concert at the vineyard with me just so I could get it out of my head if nothing else and um, we ended up attending a concert it was pouring rain on the way here um, we got twisted through the vines and lost and we ended up and uh, it was amazing and we just fell in love with the property itself and the vibe of the vineyard and the concert. And um, my daughter looked at me that day and said, Dad, of all the places you guys have looked, I think this is it. And we sat on the little bench down there in the concert venue that's still there and um, kind of thought, I think this is it. So we talked to Ken and Kathy um, that night before we left. And... Uh, told them, hey, if you want to get creative, you know, we're not going to be able to walk in with a roll of cash. It's going to have to be something extremely creative. (laughs) Uh, But if you're interested, you know, let me know. Mm -hmm. Here's my card. 
and uh, he ended up calling us the next day. And we met here and met up at the yurt and had a discussion, and that was in, I guess, August. Of 2018 or 2019? Of 19. 19, yeah. And then by November of 2019, the end of November, we actually signed our paperwork and had a, had a, had a deal. And the strangest thing about it is us coming from California with no experience whatsoever. Um, Ken and Kathy actually did the same thing at about our same age. 25 years our ago. Our same experience yep. level. And Tony Visconti was the gentleman that they bought the property from. And he mentored Ken for the first couple of years um, the same way that Ken did for me. So that's kind of the long story short. Linda, tell us about your life before wine. Before wine in California. I was born and raised in California. Didn't ever really go far. About <laughs> 10 miles my whole entire life. <laughs> All the schools, elementary, middle school, high school, college. Um, I'm an ultrasound tech. I've been doing ultrasound for now 30, 31 years. And I knew I couldn't do it for my whole life because it's very physical and your arms break down and your neck and things like that. So I, we were just trying to find what can we do in that next chapter of life when the kids are all gone. And uh, when we started looking, when Brenton was up here, um, we came across a vineyard. We were looking at all kinds of property and we came across um, a vineyard event place that we had gone and looked at. In and Dallas. I was say the one over here. The one in, the Dallas, one in Dallas, which is actually, I work at West Valley Hospital in Dallas. <laughs> kind of weird. Um, so anyways, Todd always wanted a farm. I'm a city girl. I didn't want to live on 100 acres where my neighbor I couldn't like go talk to. And he did. And so we went, came to this vineyard and it was like, oh, okay, this might work. It's an event place and you have farming. Maybe we can do something where that would work for us as a couple and I would get to see people and he could farm the land. So that's kind of how we started focusing more on a vineyard than like a goat farm or, you know, blueberries or whatever else. We, we looked at everything, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> and um, so anyways, that was kind of where we started and then this is what we found. So how did you meet? We met um, my senior year of high school. We both worked at uh, Builders Emporium. It's a hardware store. <laughs> We're all great romances. Yes. yes. Uh, amazingly, we actually had about five couples that married out of our group from, of people right? That worked there. And only two of them are divorced. The rest of them, I think, are still married. <laughs> and this August, we'll be married our 30-year 30, 30 anniversary is this August. Congratulations. Yeah. That's amazing. So, yeah, that's how we met. He actually came to my high school for six months, but we didn't know each other then. And then he went and finished his senior year in Michigan and then came back to live with his parents in Yorba Linda. And um, we met at Builders Emporium. We started dating my winter of my senior year. And look at that. <laughs> so you mentioned an appreciation for wine. Uh, tell me about sort of initial interest in wine. Uh, what kind of wines were you drawn to and, and how, kind of how long ago? Cabs, mostly. Um, <laughs> not really Pinot at all, ever, um, until we got here and then really started to taste good Pinots. Um, and that's kind of how we were more interested in Pinots. But we drank pretty much... 
you know, anything, anything California wine at that time. Mm-hmm. So Chardonnays, very oaky Chardonnays, you know, very bold cabs, um, extremely different from wines here. Mm-hmm. But um, still, you know, that's kind of how we got into it. We really were never into the thought of growing grapes or, you know, but it's amazing. I mean, it's the coolest thing when you watch the plants go from nothing dormant dead (laughs) twigs and you go through that panic that first heart attack you have (laughs) is when everything looks dead or you have a frost Mm -hmm. and you think oh my gosh we're ruined Mm -hmm. or then you have smoke and you think oh my gosh we're ruined (laughs) (laughs) or then you have a spectacular year like 2021 where we had the you know the heat and like i said we got the cab that ripened and so it's definitely a roller coaster ride but it's it is amazing how you kind of are in touch with the whole thing as the as the vines go through that whole process from dormant to you know fruit to dormant again. <clears throat> it's amazing. So uh, you mentioned that this property had it kind of cast a spell on you and you couldn't get it out of your head for a while. So tell me about first when you first came. What was it about it? What did you see here? And, it, and what kind of potential did you see as you were thinking about it becoming yours? Um, the, the, like I said, the, the main thing for me was the, just the feel, the feel of the property. I mean, the energy that, we were, that I got from the property, the, the beauty. We had, and it sounds real corny, but we were here and there was literally two rainbows that ended in this vineyard mm-hmm. while we were sitting there. And it was just kind of a, I don't know if you believe in things happen for a reason or there are signs or whatever it is, but um, that was part of it. Mm -hmm. It was just like all the stars aligned and it was very, it was just very um, spiritual, I guess. Uh, Every time we thought that it was not going to be something that we were able to get our hands on, it just like kept lining up different different universal things just kept like, there's no way we're going to be able to do this. And then something would happen. And it was like, okay. Like it just, everything kept pointing back towards this place. And I mean, when we started, it was, this was a pipe dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, when I came here, it was a pipe dream, mm-hmm. even to think that we could pull this off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was a long shot to say the least. And then everything kind of lined up. I mean, the, person that was tending the bar ended up being Ken's son-in-law so I started talking to him and I said you know he says oh what brought you here I said I brought my daughter back for college and I just to tell you the truth I saw this place online and I wanted to come and see it and I was interested if it was you know if it was still for sale because I knew it was off the market at that time and um he's like well I don't know but that's my father-in-law over there go talk (laughs) to him he'd love to tell you all about it (laughs) So, and that's kind of what we did. And it was crazy. It was the concert, it was raining on and off. So Ken was running around trying to put pop-ups up over the band. And, you know, it was, uh, it was, I guess that was all part of it for me because it wasn't perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was kind of chaotic, a little bit like our life (laughs) anyways. (laughs) Um, And it just felt like it was a fit. Yeah. It was just a very unusual situation that turned out better than you could ever imagine. Living on a property with two strangers, because that's, that's really kind of how it all ended up. It was a, a lease to own, and they lived with us for 
two and a half years. We lived and shared this property together as we cleaned it up and- Through COVID and we were like, we were our little COVID community here. The weirdest thing you could ever imagine. Like who does that? And you know, people would always be like, how do you live with people you don't know? And I'm like, well, it, it works. They're, you know, it's, they're very sweet and we respect each other and it was, don't take down the trees. They don't want taken down. Yeah. yeah. Like you just... It was, it was yeah. very, they very much became part of our family. Mm-hmm. We really bonded in a very unique way. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the whole scenario and the whole situation with how this all was able to even make it is yeah. more of a doing something with your family kind of a situation. Um, and it, it just worked. I mean, they needed us as much as we needed them. So. It was a good fit. And um, we're actually, well, I'm still friends with their grandkids, so it's all, yeah. <laughs> they're our first friends During here. During the pandemic, so we move our kids and we're like, oh, it's going to be great, new start, new school, it's going to be so fantastic, and we get here and no school. Mm-hmm. You know, our daughter was, the, she was a sophomore, our other daughter was a senior at the time. She attended West Salem for three weeks before three weeks. she graduated. She ever was on the school premises. Mm-hmm. Um, so had... Again, weird, totally weird scenario that they had grandchildren the same ages as ours. And they introduced them to a ton of new kids and um, it just it just worked. Like things that you would think against all odds, it all worked. Back to how everything kept working. It's, you know what I mean? It just like kept falling into place like it should in a weird kind of way. But yeah. I don't know. We knew nothing when we came here. We've been on this <laughs> it's crash, crash course, course of guard, er, everything you can imagine. Mm-hmm. And then our, you know, our whole plan was it was a three-year transition. And then in um, 2022, January, Ken passed away unexpectedly. Um, we still had another year. We were kind of in a position where I was still doing my business in California so I was able to kind of work from here and I was getting into what was supposed to happen. But at that point, Ken was still doing most of the farming. And I had been on a tractor a few times and then all of a sudden he was gone. And I had to figure out immediately, what do we do? How does this work? What do we spray? When do we spray? You know, um, I was going back to receipts <laughs> of what I bought when trying to put together what I was going to do to save that crop for the year just so we could get through. And again, extremely weird. Um, Chimetka College posted a thing online that they were offering a course in pest management and right at that time <laughs> for people in the industry, non-credit, and yeah. you could attend. And I literally signed up for that course and it saved my life. (laughs) I I mean, I can't, I was in a position where I thought, what am I going to do? I have no idea what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And it was right place, right time, right everything. Mm -hmm. And it got us through, Mm -hmm. you know, we had a successful crop and we had a, we had another decent year. And so it's been, it's been a struggle. Um, But it's, like I said, again, once again, it's always... It, you know, who knew? All of a sudden, there it is.
Britton, tell me about your role in this and kind of your first impressions of the thought of Oregon wine country. <laughs> uh, so Oregon wine, I love. I went to UO starting in 13 through 17. Um, <clears throat> that was also not planned. We actually were coming up here a couple years prior to uh, to visit our great-grandparents and our cousins that lived in Portland. And we happened to go up for Thanksgiving, and they said, did you apply to UO? And I'm like, no, why, why would I apply to UO? It wasn't even on my radar. And then I applied and got in, and it ended up being kind of the perfect fit for what I wanted to study. Mm -hmm. um, and went there. They started coming up and visiting on all the breaks and brought friends and family. And uh, we started going out. Wine tasting. tasting. There's mm -hmm. lovely wineries. Noble. I think Noble Estate was, was one of our, our first. first. One. Um, then Sweet Cheeks and King Estate, all of them down there we, we love. Um, and... I was in it for cheese because at that point I wasn't even, I wasn't old <laughs> enough to drink legally. Um, and um, yeah, it was just beautiful. I mean, something about being on the vineyards and in that space, especially on a day like this when it's sunny and warm and you can go and have a nice glass of wine and just spend time with people that you really care about, like there's nothing better. So when they talked about buying a winery, um, it, you know, I, we, yeah, there was a lot of other options. It wasn't wine. It was maybe a rental property, maybe it was a farm of some sort. It was a lot of different things. Um, and then we found out about this place. I had heard the whole thing when he went to take Maddie back up to school. And um, I, again, thought he was a little crazy too, just going. I mean, I, I, I knew what he was doing because I would have done the same thing, going and just seeing and I don't know, maybe, why not? <laughs> you know, we're here. Um, and then they came, he came back and he, that all just kind of, I remember waiting when you gave him your card. We were like, you think he's going to call? Is he going to call? And we were like, hey, did you get a call yet? Who, who's calling? And it was <laughs> crazy. And then uh, we came up for that Thanksgiving and spent it in Eugene. And the day after we all drove up and our first time on the property was the day after Thanksgiving when they signed the papers to do the three-year lease thing. And we met Ken and Kathy at downtown at a little cafe and then came to the vineyard. It was raining uh, our first picture all together was on the, it's on our about us on the website. And that was kind of a crazy day. And we walked around and looked at the stuff that had to be cleaned and weed whacked and everything. And to be honest, COVID actually came at just the right time. Cause I was able to come up here with him for a little bit. And we all came up as a family initially, um, and did just like weeks of manual labor to get a lot of the plants and stuff back into shape and clear out some new areas for us to use and um, it all worked out. And then I study marketing at UO. Um, I also work in real estate. I don't do the sales side. I work in the nonprofit side of real estate um, and I do marketing there. So the digital, the rebranding, all of that kind of stuff. We started actually before deciding to switch the name, we were running with Kathkin Vineyards for a while. So we did a whole brand redesign, a whole web redesign, all of that stuff. And that was really, really fun. It was great projects to work on. Um, so we did all that. And then once we decided to switch, we did another rebrand for Hudak House. Um, got that all done, created the new website there and had to figure out, get a little creative with our online uh, shipping because we all do it through Square. So it's a little bit different. It's not necessarily tailored towards wineries, but it's been a fun challenge. Um, it's like I said, lines up well with what I do in my day to day. And then um, obviously with the event stuff, we came from a crazy house that never didn't have people there. Um, we lived on a cul-de-sac and it regularly looked like a used car lot. There was always someone there and parties going on all the time. Our Halloween parties were crazy. So it definitely was very in line with what we were already doing. Um, it was just obviously shifting more north and 
we've had a fantastic support system as well. I mean, friends, mm -hmm. family that have come and supported and been around for a lot of it. Um, but yeah, it's the potential is definitely there. And he's a great salesman in terms of selling the vision. Mm -hmm. um, we all were pretty sold with the second we stepped on the property. I mean, it's just something, something about it. And the industry in general. I mean, I've never experienced anything like this in my life. They're so supportive and so kind and so helpful. Will, willing to help. And willing to, um, coming from real estate in Southern California, <laughs> uh, it's a very different atmosphere. It's very cutthroat, very, you know, um, this was so shocking to me that in the beginning you're kind of skeptical like why why are they so nice and um it's real i mean it's been the most with every hurdle that we've had you know it's been um a, like i said it's been a roller coaster ride but the support of the people in eola amity yeah we joined the um, association the was one of the first things we did so that we could get in in tune with everybody and see if there's something that we needed or how we go about going through this and the meetings everybody that we've met like if you need here's my card call me if you need any help oh i can help you with that or i can help you with that and we're like whoa what's wrong with these people <laughs> they're so nice <laughs> yeah it's just been such a positive experience and it's all that that theory of you know all boats we all rise together kind of thing and that's really it's it's true. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's been a great, that's been part of it to help with everything else. Like I said, that's been such a blessing. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's, it's totally, like I said, it's a, it's a wonderful industry. It's fantastic people. Um, that's really helped to, to get us through the battle. Kate, I'm, I'm curious your impressions. Uh, obviously an inter interesting time to move to Oregon and interesting time to start start new schools. So tell me how it's gone for you up here. Um, it's gone really well. Um, when I was living in California, I didn't, it was freshman year, so everyone was just kind of trying to fit in, and I didn't really have many friends, um, and the ones that I did have just were okay, they had other friends that they could hang out with, and so I was just kind of like, we're moving, okay, I'm ready for a change, like, sure. I was, I think all of us were definitely, like, ready for something different, ready to just get out and go. Um, and then COVID hit, so that was a little weird. I was doing my the last end of my freshman year from California up here, living out of our RV while our apartment was being renovated. Um, um, but just like since after COVID, it's been like the people, same thing, like not necessarily the wine community, but just the people are just way different. They're kind, they're open, they don't really care. like. They're out there. They don't care what you do. <laughs> I can be myself. I feel like that was. And you joined the water polo team. Yeah. And I'm very involved. Mm -hmm. um, I was captain of the water polo team. I'm um, photo editor for the yearbook. I did the video announcements. Um, and I think that just like everyone was just so welcoming. It didn't feel like there was like need to try to impress. It was just like step right in everyone was wasn't afraid to just like make new friends so obviously the, the plan from the start i assume was to have the family all involved in some way tell me what your initial kind of thought was before covid what your kind of thinking was in terms of the timeline in terms of how things would look and and sort of how it's gone since since you since you since the property was purchased in 2019 it's gone not a 
strictly according to plan. <laughs> We've had a, a lot of a lot of hurdles. Um, things were a little bit more. There was a little bit more deferred maintenance than we originally had realized. Um, so there was a lot of that. But again, the kids all stepped up. Um, it's been. It really has been a family project, a family affair. Um, and the thought was that everyone would have their place. Bretton, obviously, with the marketing and the sales end of it. Um, Ashlyn is our third child, second daughter. Um, she's very into culinary and things like that. So we thought that would be a great fit. Um, Maddie, she actually is our oldest daughter, second child. She actually um, does a lot of stuff with the events scheduling the bands and things like that. And then Kate is here on site with us. She's the, the doing, last doing one whatever here, we doing need, whatever needs to be done. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we didn't know she was going to be our winemaker. She's more of the scientific type. We tried, we so. tried to get at least one of them to go into winemaking studies. And so far, nobody's jumping on that boat. <laughs> so it's probably going to have to be me, but, <laughs> but it's been, I mean, it's gone. It's, it's gone as best as we could have ever hoped. If you zoom way, 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 way out, it looks pretty according R to plan. Great. Yeah. yeah. If you get into the details <laughs> yeah, and get right into the nitty gritty, it's, there's a lot of going on. But yeah, it's, it's, you know, for what, what's happened and the hurdles that we've had and the unexpected challenges that have come up over the last three years, um, I don't think we could have hoped that it, it could go any better than it has. You talked about Ken mentoring you and, and kind of and kind of the, the handover of that. So tell me about what, what kind of his big the biggest things you learned from him were and and how the sort of the, how the timeline of the farm came to be understood. He he worked every day. He was a very very hard worker. Um, he didn't always do things exactly the way they should have been done, <laughs> which is why I think we ended up with a lot of unexpected repairs and things like that. But um, he was out in the vineyard every day. He used to tell me all the time that, and it's true, that you come to this property and you wake up every morning and you look out the window and you think, oh my God, every day is different. It's beautiful. And he had that appreciation for this property I could his whole life. I mean, he was so in love with this place that it kind of, he helped me fall in love with this place. And... Um, you know, without him, obviously, it never could have happened. Um, he did mentor me as far as I literally knew nothing. I really grew lousy tomato plants in California, and if we got one, we were lucky. We went from <laughs> that to a 30-acre planted vineyard um, was a huge, huge step. And like I said, he he was um, he was my mentor. He he got us through those first couple of years. He introduced me to the spraying. He introduced me to what it took to really appreciate the property and the land and be sustainable. And, um, I mean, I guess, like I said, I mean, without him, we could have never done it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, when we lost him, it was a, it was a shock of course, cause we, nobody knew, but then, um, again, it was that crash course you are now a farmer 100 percent full-time um everything else stops and this is what you focus on for the next eight months you know and um 
and thankfully, you know, with the help of the college and everything else, it, it worked. We're still here. <laughs> I'm sane. <laughs> Somewhat. Well. <laughs> uh, Britton, um, you mentioned obviously the kind of the redesign, rebranding as one of the challenges you had undertaken. Tell me about that. What, what did you kind of find Kathkin to mean in the community and how did the sort of rebranding go and, and, and in terms of finding new people or keeping the ones who already knew it? Yeah, so we learned a lot about, um, obviously when you were here, you get to talk to a lot more people and it was great. And a lot of people knew Ken and Kathy. Um, I think that with them phasing out, it just didn't necessarily make the most sense for us to keep that name. And that, um, I think it was a good, good point for us to close that chapter and kind of once we really did take over fully, um, it was our time to start something new and, and make our own way, I guess. Um, so actually Hudak House came talking back to the parties and stuff that we used to have and the, just the energy at, at the home used to be very, um, very welcoming. I mean, it, when I was in high school, all of my friends, every weekend, we were there. We were at the house. We were hanging out at the pool. We were eating, drinking sodas. Um, no, we were just, I mean, we, literally everybody would come over all the time. And um, clean out the refrigerator. That, that, yeah, that talk and that kind of feeling was exactly what we wanted to translate mm -hmm. to this, um, sharing this with our friends and our family. So my partner and I were talking and we kind of decided randomly one time when we were driving, I still live in Southern California, so we were driving up to LA and we were just chatting and that's how Hudak House came, came to be. And then uh, I pitched it to them the next time we came up and they're like, oh, yeah, that could kind of work. Mm -hmm. And so we, we ran with it. Um, and I think it just, it fits. That's, that's the idea. We want anybody who comes here uh, to be like family, be friends, come make great memories with your people and enjoy our wine. <laughs> and our friends all got it right away, which yeah. is kind of funny. They're like, oh, yeah, we're going to Hudak's house. Yeah. That's, that was the thing. Yeah. <clears throat> Easy transition. And coming out of the pandemic, how, how, how has that gone, getting people here to kind of enjoy what you're, what you're, what you're giving them? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're still trying to reopen. Um, that's been our biggest challenge, other than getting the vines and everything back up in shape. Um, we've had a battle with trying to get... The, the proper the tasting room and everything re reopen um, when we in 2021 we were kind of caught off guard by the fact that the property hadn't been properly permitted and there were outstanding items that needed to be corrected and it was now the time that the county had decided that they were going to do some house cleaning mm -hmm. and um, what we thought was going to be a fairly quick process has ended up being almost three years um, we're getting close, we hope, uh, to finalizing the tasting room and um, getting the facility open again for concerts and um, being able to do some something that actually is is generates income. <laughs> it's a good thing. Um, we have a great winemaker. We've been making our wine in Portland. She was here. She was a client. That's how we met her. Um, she bought grapes from Ken and Kathy, small quantities for many years. Um, that ended up being a blessing because at that time there was no way we were going to be able to produce wine here. Mm -hmm. um, they were licensed to do so. We had the ability to do it, but it just didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. So we were able to pull that in. Um, she's been doing our wine for us now for the last couple of years, and she does an amazing, amazing job. Um, 
so we have wine. We just, it's been difficult. Our, our problem is how do you get people to taste it? So this year we ended up at the wine Jump. show circuit. Yes. And uh, started doing that. It's been great. It's been successful. Um, we've met a lot of wonderful people. Um, we were able to get some of our wines out there, um, but we still have the, you know, the, the inability to actually, it's hard to sell something that you can't let people taste. We're in Roths. We are in, in Roths. West Salem. <laughs> West Salem Roths. Um, and they were great too. I mean, they, they, you know, took us in there. We were licensed as a wholesale winery. We just do not have consumption here at this time. So... Um, we were able to, when we had both Kathkin and us operating, we were able to sell some of our wine at that point at some of the concerts and had a phenomenal response. Mm -hmm. So we were able to build some clientele that way, um, get our name out there, get some of those wines out there. But it's been, it's been a struggle. Once that tasting room's open. I think it'll be, ready, it'll Salem. be good because we've had a lot of, we've had a lot of interest. We still get calls all the time. Are you guys open? I saw you at the show. We've had people that saw us at the show. They've, you know, they purchased wine from us online, even though we're not open. We can't wait till you guys get open. Um, and that's, you know, that's kind of, that's where we're at still mm -hmm. at this point. We've got, you know, several hundred cases of wine <laughs> ready to go in cold storage. Yep. Feel um, free to order on whodackhouse.com. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or go to your West Salem Roth. Yes, yep. that too. So tell me about uh, once that's open, give me an idea of sort of the hospitality. What, what do you what do you want this place to be on a year to year basis? What kind of events are you looking at and what do you kind of what are you going to do to draw people here? I think we, we I mean, the, the whole concert venue thing, that really wasn't in our wheelhouse at all. Um, yeah. Yeah, again. It's, <laughs> it's worked. Um, I think that they're known for that. We have the perfect venue for it. I mean, we hold 250 to 300 people in that area down there. It's perfectly set up acoustically. It's like a bowl. That was Ken's. Ken was more of a music guy than he was a farmer. And that's what another thing that he loved about this property. And... Um, that's how we kind of got an appreciation for it. And I think we'd like to continue that. I mean, I think it's a, it's a great, it draws people in. It's a very, it builds community and, um, you know, clientele and loyalty and branding and, um, plus it's just a totally different way to experience this place. Yeah. If you were to yeah. come here and taste and go into the tasting room and have it, it'd be like right now where it's quiet and calm and relaxing and then on a concert day you have you know a couple hundred people here and some music blasting and from and, all corners of the vineyard yeah. you hear it and end of the night and uh -huh. it's, it's a different totally different vibe well, it turns into a dance party it's uh -huh. i mean it's different yeah and then you know we'd like to do weddings we'd like to do yep i have we'll have our first wedding here yeah. from our sister maddie the oldest daughter she'll Is, be here in september she'll be our dry run yeah <laughs> Hopefully not too many complaints, yes. negative Yelp reviews. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, small events. And yeah. I'd like to, you know, eventually do some dinners, like, you know, what wineries do here in the Valley. I would can't wait to jump on board for all of that stuff because that's my forte. I like to do that kind of stuff. Seasonal and celebration type stuff. Yeah, yep. any season we can celebrate. Part yep. of the draw was the location, obviously. I mean, we're... We're close enough, I think, to Salem that it could be a 
pretty easy stop for people. It could be someplace where you would go after work. It could be someplace where you would go regularly. Right. You know, you would meet with coworkers or friends or family or, and that's, that's the vibe that we're looking for. That or place where you go you on companies' meetings, yeah. corporate events. Corporate that's events. great too. Yeah, but pe- you know, somewhere where people can come and have a glass of wine, relax with their friends, and casual and be welcome, and probably feel like you're at home. Yeah, at a friend's house. Exactly. So you've already talked about your initial impressions of of the people in the Oregon wine industry. I'm curious. Um, how you haven't been around it that long, but I'm curious, uh, coming out of the pandemic, what kind of changes you've seen and maybe what you kind of see for the future of, of Oregon wine? I mean, the, the Eola Amity group as a whole, the marketing and stuff that they're doing has been phenomenal. I mean, Oregon wine for us, I feel in the last, I think truthfully, we got in at the right time. I feel that it's growing, it's growing exponentially. It's now known worldwide. They have a reputation. They have a a good reputation. Um, I see. I see this going for the kids. I see this continuing. I see, you know, um, not only just the events and those kinds of things, but the industry as a whole. Um, I mean, I think our timing again. It just without really knowing. Um, you know, it was a shot in the dark. But I think it, it worked out that our timing was good. We like the people have been fantastic. The um, yeah, I, like Brenton was saying, if we can get open, yeah. Once we get open, then I don't. I think everything's gonna be great. It's very cool to be a part of. I think I don't know if you remember. So when I was uh, studying in Oregon, Travel Oregon was doing their um, like anime style. Seven Wonders of Oregon. Oh my God, that sunk so deep into me. I like, that's like, I see that like nostalgia. I loved that campaign. <laughs> and it was probably just because that was, I mean, what I was studying. So it really was like relevant to what I was doing. But I, I mean, I still talk about that campaign and having just between them and then also the association and like everybody does seem to do such a good job of that. And it's like, I can't, that's what I'm excited for to be a part of that and like have another piece that we're in this, like come and come and experience it, it through our eyes and then go see what else is out there. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. I love the state. It's a great place. <laughs> I don't live here, but it's great. <laughs> and Kate, obviously you have the kind of the longest future ahead looking at this place. What do you see when you see, when you look here? I just, I don't know. I see a lot, a lot definitely like potential. I, it's just, it's beautiful. Um, I love to see my dad out there like he like the ideas he comes up with like oh my god we could totally use this like when we cut off all these vines he's like oh my gosh we could use this we could make firewood like just like his like creativeness of like all the possible activities and projects is just so impressive to me Anyways. Sorry. What are you <laughs> laughing about? That that was your idea? You're great. <laughs> His, I don't know, they both have it. My mom is more DIY-ish. Like things like, oh, we need to keep this. We need to keep this. I can use this. And it's like, what are you, what, what you going to use that for? And she's like, well, well this is, this. I saw this, and it's just going to become this great project. And my dad is just, every time he's out here, he's either, like, even when he's frustrated, you can tell that he's just like, ugh, okay, I gotta get this done, like. The craziest part about this vineyard is when it's not a vineyard, 
and it is a short-term rental property or a concert venue or a <laughs> wedding venue or I mean anything you walk when we cleared this area I mean that was a whole nother just new potential we put a little walk through there's this clearing and then one further down below and first they were parking lots then they could have been RV pads and we put a little nature trail between that could have glamping tents with this view like it's just there's so many different things that could happen here but now and it's where our daughter is getting married. Yep. <laughs> she wanted to get married on this yep, parking lot. This parking lot. <laughs> It'll shift. Everything changes. But I mean, it's... You got to adapt. Yeah. That is, though, the family in general. We're all kind of big idea people. So when then when we come together, we can actually do them. Yeah, yeah we have really, really big ideas in our heads. <laughs> Such a pained expression on your face. Big ideas. Well, they're always really big. And I am probably the number one culprit of them. And then Todd always fulfills them for me yeah. when I come up with these great plans. We should do this. He's like, what? They definitely set some high expectations. So given all that, what, what advice would you give your past selves about starting Hudak House over again? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Buy something smaller. <laughs> We talk to a lot of people at the, sh at the shows, you know, and you start swapping stories and they're like, oh, I had this headache, this headache, that headache. And they'll say, you know, well, how much are you farming? And I'll eat uh, 30 acres. And they'll be, oh, my God, I have five. How do you do that? How do you, oh, oh, oh you're a good, good job for you. You're a trooper. No, I'm just really wasn't uh, jumped in without much knowledge. That's all. So yeah. both feet. I guess yeah. probably a little bit more education, but I mean, I think that us coming in with with no experience, I think we've done fairly well because as soon as we needed to educate ourselves, that's what we would do and get online, of course, and yep. try and figure out how learn to learn more <laughs> first, you know, know, have a little bit more knowledge of what you're jumping into um, for this. It was kind of a unique situation because I saw it, we both saw it as not just a vineyard, not just a business, but it was going to be our home. Yeah. So it made more sense that even if this wasn't incredibly profitable right away, we had to have a place to live. And it's one of the most beautiful places I've ever been in my life. And I wake up every morning appreciating just the view out the window. I mean, we knew that the work was going to be there but mm. just not not the level the level of work and yeah. i mean physical labor yeah of love and we're hands on i mean yeah that's not new for you <laughs> <laughs> the house in your belinda was <laughs> 6 years in the making as well like yeah it's just it's it's a it's a lot of physical work which is great i mean i don't mind that but you know you're getting older and you're getting tired and the running joke mm -hmm. is at least the jacuzzi is warm, but we don't have one. Yeah. <laughs> don't Eventually. worry, the jacuzzi is warm. Uh -huh. Okay, that makes me feel better. I'll push a couple more rows. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely a but labor no, of love. But no, I mean, love. there's no regrets. Mm -mm, With I'm... everything that we've done and all of the hurdles and all of the challenges and all of the punches in the face that we <laughs> that we experienced out of the blue um no regrets i would do it again in a second yep but i would have actually more land 
Oh, Jesus. Yeah, the woman that didn't want to, had to make sure you could yeah. see your neighbors. Yeah, her neighbors now are she's too like, close now. Run 51 acres. This isn't enough. Yeah, I said, we probably need a little bit more. I, can I still get it hear now. The neighbor. So I can hear the neighbor's dog barking. We need more land. <laughs> it's just so peaceful. Like, it's just so It's just so peaceful. Yeah. The wind in the trees and stuff. And again, you go, like, you know, you stand there, and that's why the ideas come, because it's. You stand there and you look at the video and you think, oh my God, this would be a perfect place for this. This is yeah. so beautiful. And then when we did the trail down and we were thinking, wow, you know, this is great. And then again, up at the, up at the top of the hill there, the view is spectacular. It's the whole valley. There's, it's so much potential and it's so unique everywhere you're at on this property that it's, I think that's where all the ideas come from. The mm -hmm. brainstorming is, it just hits you like, wow. Drinking wine on those brainstorming hikes helps. It too. helps yeah. a lot. <laughs> and we like to have people around. I love people and I want to just share it with, you know, like I want them to be as excited as we are just to come and enjoy this. So all the questions that I have for you, I think we covered everything here, but if there's anything we didn't cover, anything I didn't ask that I should have, anything we didn't cover that you'd like to cover? Not that I can think of. That was pretty much it. In a, a nutshell. In a nutshell. I think we, I think we are going to come away understanding you guys very, very well. You've done a very good job of making it quite well. Thank you all so much for taking the time, sharing the space with us, showing off the view on this beautiful day. Uh, we'll go ahead and let you off the hook. All right. Thank you, thank thank you, you so much. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Oregon Wine History Archive podcast. And thank you to all our supporters, partners, donors, and interviewees who have helped make our project a success. Be sure to check out our website at OregonWineHistoryArchive.org for more interviews, photographs, wine labels, and more. And stay tuned for more interviews as we tell the story of Oregon wine. The Oregon Wine History Archive podcast is brought to you from the Oregon Wine History Archive at Linfield University with a very special thank you to all the Linfield Archive students who have contributed to these oral history interviews over the years.